and welcome to Big Dating Energy. I am Jeff Gunther, licensed professional counselor. I feel like today is my coming out party where I'm about to reveal to you how incredibly woo I am. Did you know that before I became a therapist, before I went to graduate school, I wanted to be a psychic, specifically a psychic medium, somebody who could talk to people who have died and have gone to spirit world. But really what I wanted to do was talk to my spirit guides and other people's spirit guides to give them guidance. This all started because um, right before I started graduate school, when I was like 20, 21 years old, I read this book called Many Lives, Many, Many Masters. Have you heard of it? It was written by Dr. Brian Weiss. He's a psychiatrist, and he used to hypnotize people, and they'd go into their childhood and talk about their trauma, and he'd do some processing there. And one day he accidentally, <laughs> as you do, hypnotized somebody. He hypnotized one of his patients, and they went back into their past life. And so he's like, huh. And he started digging around there. And then he started writing books on past life regression therapy. And he's written a, a handful of books, four, five, six books, maybe. I, I even like, I was such a big fan back in the early 2000s that I went to one of his seminars. Anyways, my plan was to become a past life regressionist, psychic medium. Um, I told this to my mother back then, uh, right before I went to grad school. And she was like, maybe, maybe you still go to grad school. Maybe you stick with your plan and become a licensed therapist. And if you want to do, you know, psychic readings on the side, you do that. And so I was like, okay. Fine. Every now and then my mom would give some pretty good advice, and I think that's probably pretty good advice. One of the reasons I moved from Los Angeles, where I grew up, to Portland was because I talked to a psychic, this amazing psychic. She is so skilled. She actually... Um, <laughs> She does this. One one of the things that she used to specialize in, I'm not sure if she does this anymore, but she would go to hospitals and talk to coma patients and be like, hey, coma patient, I'm going to talk to your soul and we're going to figure out if you're going to come back or not so we can tell your family to you know, adjust their expectations or to hang in there, which is, uh, I don't know, pretty ballsy <laughs> for a psychic to do. Um, I saw her a handful of times and she, I was like, I think I'm going to move. And she's like, I think you're going to move to the Pacific Northwest, but go to the Pacific Northwest, visit the Pacific Northwest, take a disposable camera with you. Do you remember what those were? And I went and I, and she told me to take pictures of all the different places that I went and and then have another session with her, and she would tell me about the probable futures that I would have in those places. And so I, I went up to Oregon, and I took pictures of Portland and Salem. I don't know why I even thought about living in Salem. Uh, don't move to Salem. Uh, and also Corvallis and Eugene. And then I was like, I think it's either going to be Corvallis or Portland, Oregon. So I took those pictures back to her and I was like, what are my, what do my lives look like? And she's like, well, if you move to Corvallis, then you're going to be very spiritual. That's where you'll develop your psychic abilities. You'll also be a bit lonely. It's a very small town. It's a small college town. And in Oregon, or you can move to Portland. And if you move to Portland, you'll have lots of friends. You'll uh, feel really connected and you'll be a good therapist and be integrated in the community. You'll probably be too distracted to work on your psychic abilities. And uh, man, that felt like a real sliding doors moment to me. I decided to go to Portland and because I felt like the easier transition. Turns out I am not in touch with my psychic abilities as much as I'd like to be. And because of that, I reach out to other psychics. I've, I've talked to dozens of psychics. I feel like I'm very good at like figuring out who's bullshit and who's not. And today I'm talking to one of my very all-time favorite psychics. Her name is Emily Dexter. I found her on TikTok. You can find her on TikTok and Instagram at Liker of Words. She's also an author. You can go check her out at emilydexterauthor.com. I have seen her a couple of times privately where she's given me readings. She connects with my spirit guides, and I get to ask my spirit guides all sorts of questions, anything that I want. And she gives amazing, life-changing feedback. I love Emily Dexter. She's so good. Um, and you'll see that like towards the end of this episode, I asked her to get in touch with my spirit guides because I have some questions about my family. And the answers 
that she gave me about my family uh, are still fucking with me today. Fucking with me in like a good way because it was just like, ooh, it like really hit. It felt true and it also felt really sad and it felt kind of liberating. You'll have to listen to the episode. No spoilers here. Um, She's so good. I can't wait for you to hear what she has to say. I am still working on my psychic abilities, but until then, I'm just going to be a normal therapist slash content creator. Here is the episode. Okay. Hello, Emily. Hi, Jeff. How are you? Thank you for having me on. I'm good. How are you? I'm very, very good. And I'm excited that you're doing this. I'm so thrilled for your podcast in general and love all your content, what you put out there and just stoked to contribute. Yeah. When I first uh, came up with the idea for this podcast, you were one of the first people that popped into my mind um, Mm -hmm. because you and I have talked Privately, I've gotten a couple sessions from you, Mm -hmm. uh, and they were, like, very impactful and really good. And I'm also just sort of, like, very – this might be somewhat of a coming out party for me where, like, I'm very woo, and I don't talk about that. I'm, like, very – I feel like I'm I'm really connected to spirit and to spirit world, and I've always been really interested in it. Um, So I wanted Mm -hmm. to have more episodes that are uh, this vibe. And I think that you're a really good fit for that. So I was wondering if you could just introduce yourself to everybody and tell everyone what you do. Yeah. Well, first of all, thank you for thinking of me. And yes, can confirm you are very woo. So I'm just going to put that in there too. Um, but yeah. Hi, everyone. Um, I'm Emily Dexter. I'm a professional psychic and psychic activator and historical medium. Um, and I do a whole myriad of different spiritual, magical things. Um, my approach is really heavily focused on making spirituality incredibly accessible, easy, and fun to do. Because all the stuff that I do is stuff everyone can learn how to do in their own unique ways. And that's kind of the point. So a lot of what I'm doing with people is helping you open up your psychic abilities, channeling into your life path and your soul energy, tapping into past lives if that's necessary, talking to your spirit guides, which I do extensively and very in depth. Um, and then as well on the channeled history aspect, talking to people who lived in the ancient past or in the past in general and getting their perspective and their sides and their stories that weren't necessarily always told. So a bunch of that stuff. And I do it in a bunch of different capacities, but that's the gist. Yeah. And you're also, aren't you a writer too? I am. Yes. I'm also an author. Thank you for adding that in. But yes, no, I'm also an author. Um, Mm -hmm. And I do also run a a writing mentorship program as well to help other people write fiction books that are channeled in from beings that do exist in energetic reality and are activated intentionally to help heal people through story. So all of the work that I do with that is all all for spiritual woo-woo purposes also. Yeah. Uh, I wish I was you. Like, I wish... (laughs) That your job was my job. It is like, that was my dream job. I think when I was, when I was around like 19 or 20, I started to become more open and curious Mm -hmm. about past lives, I think was the first thing that sort of like got me into it. I read the book, um, what was it? Many Lives, Many Masters by Brian Mm -hmm. Weiss. Have you? Yeah. And I feel like that's like a long time ago. Yeah. Because it was a long time ago book. And, but it's sort of like a gateway book for some people, specifically me, where I was just like, well, past like, cause this, cause Brian Weiss is, was, uh, maybe still practicing like therapist, psychiatrist. And he hypnotized people, his clients in order Mm -hmm. to like, you know, do therapy. And then he sort of stumbled upon accidentally kind of like hypnotized one of his patients and to going into one of their past lives. Mm-hmm. And then he got like super interested in what has happened in our past lives that is still affecting us in our current lives. Uh, and and that was like right when I was starting to get interested in therapy, like maybe I'm going to be a therapist or go to grad school to be a therapist. But I was like, no, fuck it. I'm not going to be a therapist. I want to like get into past lives and learn how to like channel because from the past, from many lives, many masters, I went into like the law of attraction stuff with like Mm -hmm. Esther and Jerry Hicks or also the Seth material, right? Mm -hmm. Where like the Seth material is like channeling this entity, the spirit named Seth. And I was just like, channeling is where it's at. Like I need to figure out how to do this. I'm not going to go to graduate school. My mom was like, maybe you should still go to graduate school. Maybe... (laughs) 
maybe you can do both. Maybe you could do grad school and then be a psychic. Uh, mm-hmm. And oh, so that's she's a good mom though for being like both and not. That's shutting a one real down. mom thing to say. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> but I blame her for not being you. Basically, I became a therapist, and then I like really leaned into it. But I've always been really. I've always wished that I could kind of like practice getting more in touch with those abilities that I have, we all have, right? Mm -hmm. I feel like you would probably have, you know, you've had very encouraging words for me when I have talked about my interest in it. Um, Yeah. yeah, So, but what you do is like amazing and lovely. And um, I want to talk to you and also maybe like your or whoever spirit guides maybe comes through um, Mm -hmm. with some like really good hard-hitting questions about love and relationships. So yeah, I'm all about it. I've channeled extensively. One of like my hyper fixations, if you will, is how the universe works. So Mm. I've spent a ton of time figuring out how the universe works and channeling information in. And of course it's constantly growing. So I will invite all of my guides and your guides and any guides that want to come through to the party and see what we get. Okay. Yeah, let's do it. I'm so excited. Okay. So first I'm wondering, so are we predestined to meet people that we're like, that we're in long-term relationships with? Do we set this up before we incarnate into this physical world? How does that all work? So the answer to that is yes and no. It's a both and sort of situation. So Mm -hmm. every basis, um, backstory here, when we decide to incarnate, we have a higher self that's a big old chunk of ourselves that exists in up the layers of the universe cake, if you will. And we're like, we're going to go do an earth life. So a little piece of that higher self comes down to do an earth life, to do a life here, which is a massive oversimplification, but that's the gist of it. When we decide to come do this earth life, we have a lot more control than I think we give ourselves credit for once we're here and have taken the amnesia pill and don't remember any of this planning phase. I'm going to interrupt you for a second. The Uh you saying that we have a lot more control over it. Is that the little bit of spirit that came off of like the larger spirit self? Or is that like the spirit that's still in spirit world? Do we, does like the little part and the big part of us have like control over how life goes here? In the physical world? Yeah. So we plan a lot more than we give ourselves credit for. And okay. both parts, which are both versions of us, do have a lot more control in the physical world than we give ourselves credit for. Got it. So it is truly both. So when we decide this little chunk to come down and do an earth life, before we actually come in and embody a, f- a human body and, and do this earth life, we plan some stuff. Now, some people plan a lot. Some people plan every day of what they're going to do. And they're very extensive and very dedicated. That is more rare. I've channeled tons and tons (laughs) and tons of people. That is a rarity. It is not usually that significant. Um, Oftentimes, the most often thing that we do is we plan core experiences, core themes that we're going to go through. Hmm. And that can be on a floating timeline where we basically give it to our guides and we're like, hey, These are things I need to go through. You figure out when, have fun with that. Mm -hmm. Or it can be on a more concrete timeline. Like when I am 22 and a half years old on the 3rd of March, we're going to do this thing and go from there as well. So it can go kind of either way. Most of the time we allow ourselves to still have the free will of being an incarnated person down here on planet to manifest things in, move some timeline stuff closer, add some timeline things in. We do still offer that. We just make sure that we plan big chunks, big activations, things we actually need to go through we would like to go through in this lifetime. I don't necessarily transcribe or prescribe to the idea of um, we are doing this to learn inherently, like the earth is some sort of school. I don't think that's always necessarily the case. Hmm. I think there's a bunch of different reasons we come here. Sometimes Mm -hmm. we come here to experience. Sometimes we come here to explore a connection. Sometimes we come here to understand what it's like to find benefit through discomfort. I mean, there's a million different reasons. Mm -hmm. Um, And I don't necessarily think it's always through learning. So to your question, Do we have a predestined? Oftentimes, yeah. The person that you or the people you end up with um, Mm -hmm. in different capacities, oftentimes you have a soul contract with them or before you came on planet, you got together and were like, hey, you're going to teach me this. I'm going to teach you this. It's going to be messy. We're going to do it. Let's do this thing. And you go through it that way. Sometimes it's working through something like we mentioned before of a past life where Mm -hmm. you had a past life with this person that maybe didn't get resolved or you were their parent in that past life. And in this life, they're going to be your parent and you're, you're alternating that way. So there's a bunch of different reasons. I do find though, for the most part, the biggest and most meaningful relationships in our lives, we did decide on before we came. Hmm. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There's, and there's, uh, 
there's some comfort to that, right? Like you're saying, I want to believe that all of my like very meaningful relationships were something that I planned and were predestined with like the people that I'm interacting with mm-hmm. and that hopefully there'll be some sort of like, whatever, good life lesson learned and growth and evolution. But that could also mean like I could still get like a bunch of growth and evolution and big life lessons with somebody that I have a very short-term relationship with or that I meet just like for an hour, right? Like it doesn't so much matter on like the length of time that you're in relationship with that person. It's just more about like the impact maybe that they have on you. Exactly that. The meaningful relationships, which maybe that was a high school teacher you had. Maybe Mm. that's some person you met in the DMV that told you all mm-hmm. these things you needed to hear before your number was called. Maybe mm-hmm. it's your person that you are married to for 35 years. I mean, there's meaningful relationships. I do also want to highlight the fact that just because a relationship is meaningful doesn't mean it's good. Yeah, <laughs> um, exactly. So I want to highlight that too is, you know, the, those big meaningful connections might have been to show you that this is not what you want or deserve. That could be a relationship or so that you can see unhealed energy in action and you decide, I, I don't want to exist in that way. I want to exist in this way. Um, or maybe it's to help you expose things that you are ignoring or help you understand a different side of yourself or even just quite literally to give you an experience you decided that you needed for whatever reason down here on this planet. So you have that experience and allow yourself to move on to the next thing. So Mm. just because it's meaningful doesn't mean it's good. It's it's just the big impactful relationships we are, are pretty often we plan in some capacity for ourselves. Is the, is sometimes the plan that we're going to have these meaningful relationships so that we can figure out how to end those relationships, leave those relationships, change or create boundaries. Yeah. Okay. Oh yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Especially if there was a past life with that person or that soul, um, where maybe you didn't do that. (laughs) Maybe you let them walk all over you or maybe Mm -hmm. you walked all over them. Like maybe Mm -hmm. it's a vice versa thing too. But if those, especially those relationships where we decide, oh, we're going through this so I can learn to leave it. I can learn to have boundaries. I can learn to truly understand yourself. Sometimes also relationships are activations like, Hey, you're not going to get to this part of your spiritual journey, or you're not going to get to the part of your professional journey until you go through this relationship, which activates all these different parts of your energy. You didn't realize were there Mm -hmm. and necessary. You're talking, I mean, you're, I feel like you're kind of talking about it in like a way that me and maybe all the listeners can understand where there's like, you're sort of giving some kind of like vague timeline, but Is there a timeline in spirit world? Like (laughs) we work on a timeline here on earth, but maybe a Mm -hmm. timeline is like man-made. Is so like, I don't know if you can answer this, but like, how does, is there a timeline in spirit world (laughs) and how do they like make the conversion? Do you know what I mean? Cause like, I feel like it's absolutely, you get what I mean. So they don't understand time in the way that we understand time. And when we're in spirit world, we don't understand time the way we understand time because it is the time that is the construct of this particular incarnation, Mm -hmm. this particular realm, this particular space that we're in. So with every realm and incarnation, whether you're incarnating here or on some other planet or in some different time or whatever, there is its own time structure because things need to kind of be measured and understood. So our time structure is the one that we're living in now that feels very tangible to us. There's hours on a clock, things happen. Now time's incredibly manipulable. Like things go by really fast and we're having fun and really slow when it sucks. And is that that time actually speeding up and slowing down? Like it's not just sort of like an illusion that we think there's like... It's moving no, it's, fast. It's actually, it actually okay. does speed right. up and slow down um, in mm-hmm. my perception. And I've, I've worked a lot with it to try to actually see time. Cause one of the things I can do is actually see energy. Mm-hmm. So seeing that time and seeing how much time is present in a situation versus how little time is present in a situation. Got it. Therefore. So yes, it does actually speed up. So with the timeline, it's not exactly, it's better to think of it more of like a vision board brainstorming situation than it mm-hmm. is a start to finish situation. Mm-hmm. So when it comes to timeline stuff, oftentimes what we'll do to plot out our stuff, instead of being like this date and time, we'll be like, okay, after I complete this thing in earth life, send me this experience. After I complete that thing, send me this experience. So it is a little bit more roundabout. That's where we get things where our spirit guides actually do help us is because they're like, okay, you need to get through this experience first. You're dragging your feet. So you're putting this experience way out here further. Let's try to shorten that up for you. You can manifest that in sooner. Sometimes you can even be like, I actually don't want to do this thing here that I thought was an experience right now. So I'm going to bypass that because I'm going to manifest that in. You don't notice that. This is very Mm -hmm. subconscious and energetic, right? But you're like, 
I could go this way, I could go this way. I'm going to go this way first instead of that way, um, which maybe you planned out before you're going to do that. So your guides, your timeline more is taking cues based off of action or inaction than it's taking time on a clock. Let's translate this into a physical moment thing. I see. Okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. I feel like I have a million questions for you, but I'm going to try to like <laughs> stick to the script a little bit. Um, let's jump to uh, soulmates. So yes. Are soulmates a thing? <laughs> yes, and not in the way that popular media would like to okay, what say they are. Yeah. So I think a lot of times, especially because we are very romantic little critters, we really like the idea of like this soulmate destined person that is yes. going to come in and fix all our problems and heal all our wounds and be our exact person that we need forever. And I'm not saying that can't happen. It can. Everything exists and is possible in energetic reality. There's nothing I'm ever going to say is an impossibility. However, when we actually talk about soulmates, we're more talking about the mates plural part Mm. than we're talking about mate with Mm -hmm. just no S, Mm -hmm. um, just the singular, because truly when we soulmates could be your grandma, your grandma could be a soulmate, your, you know, your, your future spouse could be a soulmate, but maybe you're only in a relationship with them for a little while and maybe they pass or maybe you guys get divorced because it doesn't work out or something, but that doesn't mean they weren't necessarily a soulmate connection. Mm -hmm. Soulmate is more about people who souls know you on the higher self level. That little piece that came down to incarnate of you is not fully you. You have a more higher self soul. So soulmates are the people that are your bestest buddies when you're in that higher self form. Again, massive oversimplification, but Mm -hmm. for the gist of it. So you have a collection of them. They're your community. It's more like a soul family. So yeah, who you might be with in this lifetime is probably one of your soulmates, a very deep, strong, powerful connection um, that decided to be your soulmate in this lifetime, decided to come in and really be this relationship for you romantically. That's, you know, for this lifetime space, they're probably part of your soul family, solid guests there, but it's not like you just have one that you incarnate with every single time because that is your eternal soulmate. Um, it's way right. more nuanced and complicated than that. Yeah. Okay. And can I, mm-hmm. can I like, uh, is there an easy way for us to tell like who our closest soulmates are, or is that something that we'll find out once we're in spirit world again? Um, so there is, there's definitely ways that you can figure out if, you know, who the people are, if the people around you are your soul family, soul community, mm-hmm. soulmate stuff. Um, easiest ways to know, first of all, ask, <laughs> that is always <laughs> going to be my biggest thing. Ask your guides, literally just be like, Hey, I really feel connected to this person. Is this person a part of my soul family? Please validate this for me in some way that this intuition is correct. Mm-hmm. That is the easiest way. And then accept the validation when it comes, whether that's you keep saying 11-11 for four days straight or someone comes up to you and starts talking to you about soulmates randomly or who mm-hmm. knows what it is. They have a million possibilities what they can do. Um, but that is always a simple way to, to figure it out. The other thing is don't disregard your own natural psychic intuition. We have eight different psychic senses to pull from. Everyone pulls from a different one. We like to think, oh, I just, you know, I can see things. That's seeing the future. That is one of eight senses. Mm -hmm. Um, So you might hear things. You might just know things. You might taste things. You might smell things. You might physically feel things or emotionally feel things. Like there's so many different ways to do it. Mm -hmm. So figure out what your natural way is. So then when these people come into your space, you can pay attention once you have that like little inclination, like, hmm, I think this might be a soul family person. I think this might be a soulmate person and have that little inclination Mm-hmm. Let your other senses come to play. Okay. Got it. Uh, the, the problem is that like, it's really difficult for me to trust the, my intuition or the mm-hmm. information that I'm picking up that I, I quickly go ahead and I'm really skeptical about it or I doubt it and I don't want to believe in it. Um, is that like a pretty typical thing for people to experience? First of all, incredibly typical. Second of mm-hmm. all, good job. You're not supposed to blindly trust this right off the bat. That's not the goal. That's mm-hmm. also would, in my opinion, and not sending any towards of hate, hate towards anyone who's an organized religion at all. I, I'm not saying that at all. However, I do think that's an internalized Christianity concept that has come into our society in a really prolific way mm-hmm. that you somehow need to have this divine guidance and trust it immediately and need to follow it. And if you're not, then you're somehow doing it incorrectly or failing in doing that. And that is just categorically untrue. If we were supposed to completely trust every little ping, every bit of intuition, why would we have taken an amnesia? Why would we be going through all this? We would just have our soul knowledge right. there already. Yeah. So it is a journey in trust and that's okay. It's supposed to be a journey and it's going to ebb and flow and that's all right as well. And that's where asking for that external validation from your guides really comes into play though. 
Mm-hmm. And I do that still to this day. Like I see them, <laughs> I concretely see them around me and they hang out with me. My guides are my best friends in the world. I love them. And I will still be like, yeah, I know you just told me that, but I don't know if I believe it just yet. So you're going to need to like, tell me in three different ways. Like uh-huh. I'm going to need some, this information to come in in a couple of different ways before I act on it, before I trust it. Um, so it's totally fine. If you doubt, that's great. And that is also something you can work on. So a lot of what I do is a lot of belief work and belief pulling and, mm. um, getting rid of limiting thought processes and stuff. Um, not necessarily in a therapy way, of course, but more of like, this is an energy we can pull and release that energy and put mm-hmm. something else in, um, mm-hmm. instead and do it very energy wise. And that's something you can work on that way too. Mm. One of the things that I really enjoy about you is that when you do talk about your own relationship with your spirit guides, it feels very like cute and there's banter (laughs) and there's like agreement and disagreement and where you're like Mm -hmm. kind of testing them. It feels very like friendly human, like not Mm -hmm. like, Oh, these are my spirit guides and they are above me. And I'm just, you know what I mean? Like, it seems like you have like a real dynamic relationship with them, which is which comes through, which I think is like the actual relationship you have, right? Mm-hmm. With them? Very yeah. much so. Okay. <laughs> um, but yeah. if you think about it this way, I feel like um, it, it's our, we often feel like, oh, I'm small. Like, I don't know all these things these beings know. But you do on a soul mm-hmm. level. You just don't remember them right now. So if right. they want to give you crap, give them back. <laughs> you can give yeah. them right back. You, <laughs> you have the same amount of knowledge. You're just doing an incarnation. And sometime in the future, they're going to do an incarnation. And you're going to be the spirit guide above them, poking at them. Yeah. And it's, it's vice versa. So if you think of it more of a collaborative relationship, you're going like to get that. a lot more out of it. The other thing, mm-hmm. too, that I, I like to remember people remind people of, you can ask them for things all the time. They're literally here to help you. They already signed on to this. <laughs> they signed the contract. They joined into this. They knew what they were getting into. They know what you're going to say. They know you'll be angry at them sometimes. They know what you're like. It's really, really hard to annoy them. I've tried very, huh. very hard to annoy okay. them. <laughs> so they're um, not like, they're not bummed out that they're my spirit guide and I'm being extra boring this week or this year. They're not like annoyed with me for like taking way too long to make big decisions or do what they're telling me to do. Or do they have like infinite patience? Because I don't have infinite patience for me or anyone else. How can oh, they? No. <laughs> so that's a great question. Um, no, they don't have infinite patience. That being said, mm-hmm. they, you gave them your map, right? You gave them those plot points that you were going to go through. Mm-hmm. So they know, okay, these are things we're going to get you through. If you want to keep putting it off, it's going to come real quick one after another here at some oh, point in time, or, okay. you know, you're going to, if you keep putting it off and keep putting it off and it doesn't work here, then you're doing another life with it and we're going to pull you back in or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Not saying that that's exactly how it works with the other life piece. So right. don't overthink that bit of it. Okay. That's a whole other conversation. Um, but they, they know what you're going through. They knew what you kind of planned to go through those types of things. Now, if you're continually ignoring their communication, it does get louder. Mm, mm-hmm. <laughs> it does definitely get louder. It does come circle back around and circle back around and the circle gets tighter and tighter and tighter until you're like, okay, I will do the thing or they will. And this, this easiest story and like example I have of this is mm-hmm. one time I was at the grocery store and I'm just walking down the aisles and they're like, you need to get a hairbrush. And I was like, no, I do not. I do not need to get a hairbrush. I have a hairbrush at home. I do not need a hairbrush and I don't want to buy one. And they're like, well, we're telling you, you need one and you're not listening. And I was like, no, I'm not listening. You're right. I'm not going to buy a hairbrush. (laughs) You can't make me. Uh And they're like, nope, we can't, but enjoy that. I get home that night. I get out of the shower. I brush my hair and my hairbrush snaps in half. And they were like, (laughs) told you, (laughs) this is. We told you you were going to need that and you didn't listen. So uh-huh. there's your consequence. Um, that's a really small one and they don't usually like bring consequences sure, sure. in that way, but right. just as an example. No, it's a good example. And it makes me, I mean, it. I, I get the, it seems like spirit guides are going to do their thing and connect with you and send messages to you, whether you believe them and whether you believe in them or not. Right. Like there Mm -hmm. isn't a prerequisite where you have to like believe in spirit guides. They're going to be hanging around no matter what. And if they want to send a message to you, they know you well enough, maybe better than anybody else. Mm -hmm. And they know how to actually communicate with you. Even if it's not in some like quote unquote spiritual woo sort of way, it can be in a very practical way or in Mm -hmm. a way that like knocks you over the head. So you have to like pay attention to something. Um, so I don't have to worry too much maybe about them communicating with me and being open I mean, I want to be open to whatever messages they have, but like they'll be able to get through no matter what, right? Oh yeah, okay. <laughs> absolutely. Okay. You're not what what's for you. You're not going to miss. 
okay. in, in general. Mm -hmm. um, and that goes for relationships, that goes for messages, that goes for career opportunities. Like what's for you, you're not going to miss. Also, what's for you, you do tend to be generally drawn towards in some way. So they just can build off of that also. So you don't have to believe in spirit guides. Many people don't. I have channeled, I tried so hard a couple of years ago to find a person that didn't have any. I was like, someone's got to be out there that yeah. doesn't have any. I could not. I channeled yucky people, really, really yucky people. Huh. They have guides. I channeled awesome people. <laughs> guides have channeled random strangers. They have like, everybody's got one to however many guides at the very least. But the very, but like, I would, I'm, this is just an assumption I'm making, like the really yucky people, yeah. are are their guides just like not getting through or are those guys, guides pretty yucky themselves? So here's the thing, because mm -hmm. when I went to channel, basically a while ago, I was like, I'm going to channel a serial killer and see if they have guides. Like, yeah. I want to know. Yes. <laughs> like, do you have spirit guides? Yeah. Because are they guiding you through this? Like, is this something? Yes. So I was mad. I was big mad. And I channel uh -huh. in, I channeled a couple of them and they all, they didn't have very many. I will say that. Let me start there. It was like two. Mm. One only had one. Mm -hmm. Um, and I was, and mostly they were like kind of just recording their experiences on like what was actually happening. And that was kind of what they were supposed to do in this lifetime, which was very weird. It was mm -hmm. a whole thing. Um, but I was like, okay. And I got really mad at my guides and <laughs> got really mad at like creator energy. I was like, why, why is this happening? And I got the very clear and very distinct message that the <laughs> quote unquote, the universe does not operate off of your sense of morality, Emily. Mm. And I said, cool. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Thanks for that. <laughs> So um, what we feel is icky and what we feel is okay. horrible and all these things, we should still stand up for. Obviously, that's that's of course. what governs who we are as people. And that is not something to be trifled with. And we should always try to not do harm and all those things. But that doesn't necessarily mean the universe's trajectory and the purpose of Earth and all these things aligns with exactly what we believe it should. And that's a really difficult thing I, I would I would imagine for like anyone to accept because a lot of people think that like their morality is the right morality, which is probably mm -hmm. God's morality or like mm -hmm. the creator's morality. And that there are very clearly wrong and right things and that like mm -hmm. we can kind of maybe even be very black and white about certain stuff. So to like get that message of like your morality is not like the universe's morality. Mm -hmm. That's I don't I don't know like if like if it's like humanly possible in our like physical bodies and brains to like really understand that. Um, yeah. cause it feels incredibly uncomfortable to accept it. Right. Yeah. In my opinion, through all my channeling, I think part of the reason we come to this plane in existence is to understand discomfort. I don't think discomfort mm -hmm. exists in all its iterations on any other really planes of the universe the way it does here, mm -hmm. um, which is just another layer of it because truly it is. I was like, okay, worldview challenged, but what I can do is deal with my own. And that's what I got. <laughs> so mm -hmm. that is what we have to go with. And I do think humans love to make things put things in boxes. We love it. It right. makes us so happy. We have books right. that tell us how to be good people. And if we follow those books, we don't have mm -hmm. to think about it because it makes us feel uncomfortable mm -hmm. going outside of that book because it makes us feel uncomfortable to feel like maybe we're not living correctly and those types of things. And that's just, unfortunately, not how it works on energetic yeah. level. But that's what we do here. And that's okay because we get to be here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, and we knew that this is what it was going to be like when we mm -hmm. came down here. So, yeah. Yeah. There's, uh, th there was one thing, I think maybe it was in the last like session I had, one of the things that you said was, um, I was talking about like, when am I going to meet my next partner or big significant mm -hmm. relationship or something like that? And you gave, um, and you, and you said something that felt comforting mm -hmm. and then I saw my little brain make it into something that felt anxious. And I'm mm -hmm. wondering if you can... Uh, t uh, tell me what you think about this. So you said like, okay, the next person that you're going to meet is sort of like you two are going to meet because you have like um, kind of like gotten through a lot of stuff individually in your life. And you two are sort of going to be like the reward for getting through a bunch of stuff. And like, this is a, like a predestined thing, like, yay. And I was like, oh, yay, look at us. We're so, I'm so proud of me and this future person. And then mm -hmm. I started to think like, oh, fuck, well, 
are they, are, is this future person actually going to get through all that stuff? And have I gotten through all that? Do I deserve this reward? Like, what am I going to do? What are they going to do to fuck this up? Have I already <laughs> fucked it up based on some bad decision made from fear or anxiety? And now I have to worry about them fucking it up. Like, it feels like too many, mm-hmm. like, good things have to happen and that probably won't actually happen. Um I don't yeah. know, what do you think? I would challenge that there's not a quota for good. So let's just start there. Okay. Um, <laughs> the things <laughs> you have to get through are not these big, deep understanding things. So you can be this perfect person for that perfect person. That's not what we're talking about. Mm. It's, Hey, there's these four things on your map that you got through because you were planning on getting through because you knew you had to get through. You had this time window to get through them. However, floaty within that time window, they were, you mm-hmm. did it. Awesome. Now we're here. (laughs) And that goes for that person too. They are not these big grand things you have to do that anyone can easily fuck up and you're not going to get the, mm -mm -mm. nope, Mm -hmm. we are all deserving of good, wonderful things to come to us innately as Mm -hmm. people Mm -hmm. um, because we chose to be here. And it feels like, especially talking about that connection and what we channeled in about that space, that that is your good, wonderful thing coming that will come with many other good, wonderful things. And that is okay to have. Yeah. But what if I meet that person and I'm, and I like somehow like fuck it up or I don't see that they are a good match and I just sort of like go on to the next person or I decide to stay single or something like my free will could and quote unquote, fuck it up. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, or is it such a strong connection that like, they'll come back into my life or will they be in another relationship because I didn't create space for it. And now I'm going to be doomed forever and sad and single. <laughs> so first of all, that depends on your map. What did you plan? Did you guys sign a contract that you guys were going to be together? Then you're not going to miss each other. Cause what's for you is not going to miss you. Okay. Um, and I deeply and truly believe that I've seen proof of it. I, I know it is concretely a thing. Also, this, but what about forever feeling? Something doesn't have to be forever to be good. Right, right, right. So that is what I always want to pull in. Like, hey, if this is a beautiful, wonderful experience, appreciate it. Let it last without however long it lasts. Because again, also very divinely supported. How our free will plays into it. Yeah, maybe you do something that totally messes up, but you guys agreed beforehand that you were going to do this thing together. So they probably will come back in, um, in some capacity. It might be a little later on, or they'll forgive you (laughs) for doing that thing that you messed it up. (laughs) Um, or, you know, potentially you both need one more relationship to come happen and then you can come back together. There's other free will things that can play into it. Free will is more a matter of when things come, Mm -hmm. not if they come. Mm. There's, there's like, so there's relief in this, right? Of being like, Mm -hmm. if it's so fucking important, it will happen. And I can sort of like feel liberated and free. Like I don't have to like, you know, hyper control it or make sure that it happens. But then on the other end of that is like, but then do I not have complete control? Like, because like these things are predestined. And I think that's like, so yeah, I don't have complete control. And the thing that like made this decision for me was actually hire me. Right. Like mm-hmm. the high, right. So exactly. maybe I just need to like trust that. Um, yes. Yeah. The yeah. one of the big things that we work on in the spiritual world and community, and it's one of the hardest lessons that everyone learns when they first go through their spiritual awakening is attachment doesn't work. <laughs> Having um, attachment to something and attachment to a specific outcome. And when right. you manifest, if you've ever worked with manifesting, people are like, okay, well you want to manifest what you want to call in, not how it comes to you, because that's not going to work. Because again, that is a attachment. It needs to come to me in this way at this time. And I need to have these little things in line and I need someone to come. It's not going to work because that's not how the universe works. It works on an energetic level mm-hmm. and we just use energy. We don't necessarily control it. We use it. And mm-hmm. we are part of the system that uses that. So you don't necessarily have as much control as you might not even really want to be totally honest. If we sit here, like I get to have full control of my life. Is that really something that feels super aligned or is that out of fear, which I would then encourage belief work on. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Huh. 
Okay, I'm going to sit with that. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, let me just real quick challenge your entire worldview about your own free will, just to, like casually on a podcast. <laughs> uh, I mean, that's, yeah, that's the thing is that like, it's the, like the free will and destiny question. Like that's just sort of like a question that's always been a question for, for as long as humanity has been doing its thing, mm-hmm. right? Um, and you're you're answering it. It, it. You're you're acknowledging that it's very fucking complicated. So complicated. Yeah, and <laughs> and that you we probably can't really totally understand it. Maybe like while being in our human form, mm-hmm. um, but there is a certain amount of predestiny and there is a certain amount of free will. There's I, this is going to maybe like overcomplicate things, um, but. You know, have you, have you like, do you know the, like the term sliding doors? Like what is your sliding doors moment? Have you ever heard that before? There's a movie Mm -hmm. called sliding doors with uh, Gwyneth Paltrow. And uh, (laughs) I think it's from the nineties. And there's this moment in this movie where like, she has to decide, I think like, is she getting off the subway and to go through the sliding doors or she's staying on, or maybe she's like going left or right off of the the sliding doors. Um, And depending on like which way she goes, her life is going to take two very different paths. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I'm wondering like if we are constantly having like sliding door moments and our life is going on different paths, but like parallel parallel lives are opening because of it so there is a parallel life jeff version that is having a relationship with this person and it is having a relationship with this other person in another parallel life is that a thing that i overcomplicate oh it's totally a thing it's totally a thing but it goes very very deep into channeling world um the way i've had it channeled to me from thoth actually which if you know anything about spiritual stuff he's translated the emerald tablets he's a deity People have channeled him whenever big stuff comes in. Say his name again. Thoth or Thoth. He doesn't really care how it's pronounced, but it's T-H-O-T-H. He's an Egyptian deity, sometimes also associated with Hermes Trismegistus, which is the person that we, or the deity we credit for giving us astrology. Mm. Anyway, so... Mm -hmm. Big theology there, but think of it more like a wheel. So your, your question, yes, the answer is yes, but it doesn't necessarily always have to be timeline splits. If it's like a wheel and the little piece of us that came to incarnate on this level of the universe cake is the center of the wheel. We have a whole bunch of nearly infinite spokes stretching Mm. out in all directions, which on each of the spokes, we're living generally the same arc. Now, when I say the same arc, what I mean is truly the experiences we have follow the themes we need to hit on the map we gave our guides <laughs> okay. in different ways, almost infinitely around it mm-hmm. until we've completed that arc in all of the ways we can. Then we go back in and we go back up to our higher self. Massive, massive. Don't get too existential about it because this is like years and years and years and years and years of work that I've put into understanding this. So I'm trying to make it very <laughs> simple for everyone and, and listeners as well. Um, so don't get super intense about it because you can totally go really deep. But the truth of it is, is nothing matters and everything matters all at the same time. And like so, that is the simplest way to say uh, it is <laughs> the empowerment of nihilism is fantastic. However, if let's just say, you know, if you're constantly in those sliding glass door moments, which I will say, I do think there are sliding glass door moments often. Mm-hmm. However, instead of being like, your life goes off in completely, completely, completely different directions, infinitely. And that a more sliding glass door moments and infinitely, which it can very mm-hmm. much. So that is a possibility. And that is, you know, kind of quantum physics there, mm-hmm. but also you could have a sliding glass door moment and whichever way you go out, you could loop back around back to the same thing you were supposed to get to oh. so you could take a weird route there uh-huh. if you could, you're more deciding route to mm-hmm. get to the same plot point than mm-hmm. you're deciding plot points to get to in I my see. opinion huh. and there is like if we take like the wheel uh, metaphor mm-hmm. and the spokes coming off the center there's like a jeff on one spoke yes. uh, and then there's another jeff on another spoke is there yes. and like I can right now think like, I wonder why I am identified with this spoke. And there's another Jeff on that spoke that's wondering the same thing. Why am I identified with this spoke and that spoke and that spoke? So, and there's really no, like, I mean, I don't know why I'm identified with this one, but but that's happening on all the spokes, I guess you could say. Yeah. Right? So we're, our consciousness is perceiving itself, essentially. Uh-huh. So right now we're perceiving this piece of consciousness. 
Okay. Yeah. So it's going to be our focus because we're currently the part of consciousness perceiving it. You're going way deep, my friend, and I appreciate uh, that. Uh, but you are going way like quantum physics existential with it. I know. And I'm all right. Like, I'm gonna. Not. All right. This is this is just like a whole other podcast <laughs> series that we need to have. I'm gonna anchor us back into okay. dating and relationship, uh, even though I don't want to. But for I mean, my listeners... if you want to have some like existential quantum talks with me on other podcasts, episodes, okay, okay, I'm okay. happy to come back yeah, and do yeah. more. But we're talking about dating and relationships here. Yes. So uh, <laughs> um, here's like a, a fun one. Uh, mm-hmm. If spirit guides could give dating profile tips, <laughs> what would their top do's and don'ts be? <laughs> Okay, it depends on the individual guides. I will say, um, one of my guides, <laughs> who um, she has very strong opinions about everything and everyone, especially humans. Um, she okay. was incarnated in like the very ancient past and hasn't really been incarnated very much since. So whenever I talk to her, she gives like an ancient Roman perspective on this. So just keep that in mind. Got her it. name's Lacusta. She was a poisoner. She's a badass. Anyway, um, <laughs> what she, she what she would say for dating profile is just don't. <laughs> Oh, interesting. Okay, um, why she did she was, say that? Uh, mostly because her her philosophy when it comes to dating and connection is you connect first, you date after. Um, um, and you don't give up anything until other stuff has been given to you, essentially. Oh. She's a, just like, why would you give stuff initially to people. That seems weird. <laughs> so huh. um, she goes off of like an energy thing. Now that would be her advice. Would I listen to it? Probably not, but that's just the advice there that exists from her element. Now, <laughs> other guides. So for dating profile stuff, what <laughs> I, some of my other guides would probably recommend. Um, honesty feels different energetically, <laughs> like truly oh. honest. Anything feels different to people energetically and actually hits energetically. That being said, you being like, I am a Libra rising Scorpio moon, probably not going to translate to a lot of people unless they have a depth of astrology understanding. So you being honest there is not being honest in a way that matters. It's still not really truly being honest. It's kind of Mm -hmm. being fake honest Mm because not very many people are going to get it. Mm. You being like, hey, (laughs) I really love the moment that someone reveals something honest to me. It makes me really happy. And you're like letting a little piece of your soul out onto the page. Energetically, that translates a lot better than Mm -hmm. anything that's false. And so whether people are consciously reading that energy or subconsciously, they're still going to get it. Huh. That's a really good answer. I was not expecting that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Lies feel different. Lies. And for me, they look like physically look different, um, but they genuinely energetically feel different. I mean, sure, that feels so obvious and is also like very important when whatever, dating, uh, Mm -hmm. creating a dating profile or putting yourself out there in some way, trying to connect with people, right? And those like lies or truths are going to manifest Mm -hmm. in different ways on a dating app, right? And what I would say too, with like dating app profile stuff, when you, if you put like a half truth on it or a nothing truth, you know, something that doesn't really matter. Mm. It's just like a casual throwaway, whatever. Energetically, you're getting the vibes. The people are going to get the vibes of what you're trying to hide, not what you are trying to present. (laughs) Does that Mm. make sense? Mm -hmm. So on a very Mm -hmm. subconscious level, if someone comes in and they're like, six, three, right? Like I'm, I'm six, three and I body build on the weekends. And that's (laughs) not inherently the case. It's going to read insecurity. That's, that's all right, we're going right. to get off of it. And so people are going to swipe past that because they feel insecurity, even if they're not consciously perceiving it. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's just, it's like, if you step back, it's really funny that like spirit guides have opinions on dating profiles or. They have <laughs> opinions put, on everything. Do that. <laughs> Good to know. And I mean, you know, we're like living in the modern world and they're talking to modern people. So I guess they're going to have yeah opinions on all the stuff. Well, they're whole and complete beings too. You know, like we think we like to think of them. I think it's easiest for us as humans to like put who like to put things in boxes to think of them like Santa Claus where like we ask for something and then they give us something back and like that's it. But mm-hmm. they also like to wear certain things and they also Mm. want their names to be like this and they have their own relationships and connect like they're whole and complete beings. We're just getting to work with them. 
Yeah. Are there are there like any um I don't know relationship trends or like dating uh faux pas that like spirit world is just like why are these fucking humans doing this? Are they like rolling their eyes at us ar- around certain things? Certain things? Yeah. One of those being they hate the idea of twin flames that has come up. Oh, I don't know. Yes, let's talk. Yeah, I wanted mm-hmm. to talk about that. So what so can you define t- twin flames or what like we think twin flames are? What they say it is? Yes, absolutely. So the new age spiritual definition of twin flames, um, honestly is, is abusive. (laughs) So we're just going to start there. It is just kind of abuse and justifying that with like, there's a bigger spiritual reason for this abuse, which there is, but it doesn't mean you have to be attached to that person in order to access that spiritual reason. So what people talk about twin flames a lot of times in the spiritual community on is they are saying things like, okay, well, this is the person that activates all of you and, and fills in all of your gaps and matches you perfectly. And you're going to come together. It's going to be this big activating experience. And then you pull back apart again, and then you come back together and it's this big activating experience. And until you work through it enough times for when you come back together for it to be calm and peaceful, that's how twin flames are supposed to work. If we're going by like pop definition, mm-hmm. which is unhealthy and abusive. And my guides hate that. <laughs> They're like, what are you talking about? <laughs> like maybe you're working through something with that person, but you do not need to keep back coming back to a situation that is unhealthy for you purely because you believe this person is your other Mm. half of your soul essentially. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, which is again, the other, the other layer of twin flames is that's the other half of your soul and you come being together is like binding your soul together. Um, so it's going to be really painful because you're exposing all each other's weaknesses or whatever. So then you have to come back and forth. It's just unhealthy. It's not good. Um, Mm -hmm. so no, you don't have this other half of your soul. Now what twin flames is on a higher self perspective, spirit guide perspective, there is part of your soul family, part of that soulmate family, maybe there's one or two beings in that higher self family that are a very good match for your soul in a, they do have all of the lessons learned that you haven't learned yet. And you have all the lessons learned that they haven't learned yet. So when you come together, it's more like a puzzle piece Mm. and less like a smash we're back together into one soul and we can't do it and go back away it's more Mm. like oh you fill the gaps and i fill the gaps and we mesh really really well and we've done this a lot this is a we've done this in many lifetimes filling in the gaps for each other as we needed them Mm-hmm. So that is their version of twin flames. Mm-hmm. So they think our version of twin flames is silly because quote unquote, we love to justify harm we do to ourselves, mm-hmm. um, And that is our way of doing that. <laughs> so mm-hmm. that would be one that they think is really, really, really ridiculous. The other thing, this is, this might make people a little like, what? They think the fact that we let um, other people govern our relationships is so, like they do not, like they get it on like a human level, but they're just uh-huh. like, why do you need a piece of paper to say that you're in together Ow. forever? Mm-hmm. Why does money have any bearing on anything? Like it's very mm-hmm. confusing from a spirit perspective, mm-hmm. Mar- the mm-hmm. whole concept of marriage and government sanctified marriage. Like they understand ceremony and committing yourself to each other for sure. But this whole government element of it, they're like, what do you mean? <laughs> why would you, why do you do that? Why do other people have a say on it? That's so odd. Yeah. So, that's no, another. that makes, I, yeah, I feel like that makes a lot of sense and makes, and mm-hmm. I feel like I'm so, I've been so evolved on the issue of marriage. I'm so spiritual <laughs> and very advanced. Cause I'm just like marriage, marriage, whatever. And yeah, um, like they, they get it. Like they're like, okay, I guess that's a weird human thing you do, but yeah, no, like you yeah. don't have to do that. <laughs> Yeah, no, I get that. Mm-hmm. Um, there, so you know, we've talked a little bit about you know, or a lot about like destiny, predestiny, free mm-hmm. will, all this stuff, soulmates, families, soul bonds, and stuff like. Mm-hmm. And I, I've talked a little bit on on some other podcasts, my other podcasts, and uh, and through like you know, content on like TikTok and Instagram that like uh, right now I I don't have a very strong relationship with my mom, dad, or sister. And my mom, mm-hmm. dad, and sister were like, you know, that was my family. That was my primary family growing up who have had like a really big influence on me. Mm-hmm. And I'm not, I haven't talked to my mom for over a year. I haven't talked to my sister for over a year. My relationship with my dad is off and on and a little uh, tattered. Uh, and so sometimes when I think about like, how, why did I choose these people? <laughs> and like, why did they mm-hmm. choose me to be in this life together? When it feels like a lot of my 
maybe I'm just like fooling myself and you or my spirit guides can like give me clarity on this, but like, it feels like a big part of these relationships was me creating boundaries so that I don't get too overwhelmed with them or so that I don't get too sucked into the drama or something. So are you, or are my spirit guides like able to tell me like, why did I choose my parents and my sister? And like, what, was I going for? Was there like specific lessons? Like, what was I thinking? So for your personal experience, so tapping into that energy, and I, I don't want everyone to be like, this is my experience because it's it's very nuanced and it's individual yes. for sure. But for your personal experience, you chose your family, which can channel, channeling in your guides on this one and my guides are nodding emphatically. So, um, <laughs> but you chose your family for a couple different reasons. One, because you did need certain life experiences. And this was the family that were going to get you those life experiences. One of which is boundaries. I think you're dead on with that. Your energy was very resonant when you said that. I was like, nah, yep, that's one. Mm-hmm. I think there's more though, too. Um, an independence lesson mm-hmm. was coming in versus a codependence lesson. Something mm-hmm. in that sort of space was also very significant. Um, and the ability that you needed a ability to be justified in choosing a family too, because those bonds are more connected for you as far as chosen family goes close friendships, that kind of thing. Um, so there's that element to it. Also a little bit of an arbitrary pick there. You were like, well, you, you guys are going to be the group that gets me to the things that I need to get through. So I pick you, we're diving into this. <laughs> Sometimes people will have longer soul bonds with them and you've, you've incarnated together multiple times and you're working out things that weren't resolved in a past life together. And that's why you mm-hmm. pick this family bond. And it might be really messy because of those things for you specifically. Um, th- they're a lot younger souls than you are. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. uh, you kind of jumped in like, well, I'll wake up this family line, help you get more experience and I'll get the things that I need from that. Okay. Oh, thank fucking God. I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you don't have to this podcast. There's, so yeah, okay. there's no soul family, soul bond stuff going on oh, with God. your family. Yeah, at all. Ugh. yeah, but, it's it's yeah. Okay, this makes sense just because my family, um, they sort of offer these two things. Like, do you want if you want a relationship with us? It needs to be a codependent relationship. It needs to be like an enmeshed relationship. And if you don't, then that means that you have to be fully independent. So it's either codependency or independence. Uh, And I was trying to figure out how to have like more of a healthy, balanced relationship with the family until I was just like, I can't fucking do this anymore. And I like Mm -hmm. really, no, I mean, it was, it started back maybe 18, 19 years ago when I decided to move away from home and move to Portland growing up in Los Angeles. Um, But then it's really, it like really cemented itself during the pandemic Mm -hmm. where like, I think lots of people were activated with like lots of stuff. Incredibly so. Yeah. Um, And then there's, there was like this kind of like depressing thought or feeling that I've been carrying around with me for a lot of my life where it's just like, ugh, if these are my soul mates, my mom, dad, and sister, which I would imagine like a lot of people have, like mm-hmm. a lot of people are probably very soul connected to their immediate family that they grew up with in childhood and stuff. Um, mm-hmm. But to think that like, I'm going to continue to see them and that even more upsetting, they're going to continue to see me. Like they get so activated by me and I get so activated by them in this sort of like, Oh, we're so different kind of way that mm-hmm. it would feel like overwhelming to think that we're going to have that same experience with each other over and over again. Um, yeah. And there's also this, like uh, this is a very human, like thing that maybe mm-hmm. is not okay a hundred percent, but like this sort of like, I don't want to work through my, whatever bullshit, like, I don't want to continue to work through lessons, whatever lessons might be with these people for many, many lives. I just yeah. want to sort of like get what I need to get out of it in this life and then move on. And you're also kind of like confirming or affirming that like my chosen family that I have in Portland that I'm incredibly close with all my Mm -hmm. friends and my like, you know, my community, those are the people that are like the most special to me. So it's like allowing Mm -hmm. me to not feel as guilty, I guess, that I'm not like as connected with my family as society tells me or that they tell me I should be. Yeah. Um, just really quick note, since you mentioned guilt, that's another thing spirit guides think is ridiculous. Oh, good to know. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, they, guilt is a manufactured emotion that we have created within our society. Oh. And that, that, and the idea of failure are both things that aren't really energetically real. And so oh. our guides are like, 
uh, why? <laughs> why are you doing that? Like, why do you feel guilty for this thing? Why do you feel like that's a necessary thing? Like, not saying that we should be so detached. It's like, have empathy for people, but like feeling guilty for your own life stuff. They're like, mm are you doing? Um, mm-hmm. so that's just on that note of you feeling guilty that you should be meeting some standard that other people have set for you. Your guides are baffled mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, every time our guides are always <laughs> like, no, that's not a thing. Um, so just to help there. Um, yeah. So to alleviate that, yeah, no, that's, you're not a requirement to do anything again with these people if you do not want to mm-hmm. period. That's part of the reason I don't, you know, like I said, I don't really align with this, this idea of earth being like a school for lessons that we need to learn. I don't think so. It's a place for experiences we decide we need to have for insert reason here. And if you're this experience, you're like, I need to do it with these people because of this experience I'm having on the planet during this time. Cool. Check that off the list. We don't have a connection we're developing. This is not something that I'm helping you work through. We just, that we serve each other's purposes for this life. Merry meet, merry part, merry meet again. That's totally fine. Hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't have to keep doing it. <laughs> yeah. No. Also again, good to know there, the, I was under the assumption that like, yes. And, and you know, we've heard this from like so many places that like earth is a school that you are here to learn lessons from. So for you to be like, no, that's not really what I ascribe to. And it's more about like experience having mm-hmm. <laughs> that isn't specifically tied to like, now you need to learn how to be compassionate. You need to learn how to be forgiving. You need to learn how to be uh, mm-hmm. understanding or joy or whatever. Um, to like, just think about it as like, well, we're here to have specific experiences. Are some of those experiences that we're supposed to have, do we not even really know, understand why we're supposed to have them until maybe we're in like spirit form again? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I will say that's where we get the hindsight is 2020. You can pretty much look back in your life and be like, well, I'm so glad this happened because it got me to here. And if this didn't happen to get me to here, when you're in the middle of those, no, you can't. And then when you're in mm-hmm. the middle of those, you're like, everything is awful. I don't know where this is leading and I want to fall down a well. Like that's the, like, just give me a break in a nothing space for a little while. But mm-hmm. then you look back on it and you're like, oh, that is why that happened. And that is why it had that happened. We have that on baby doses in this lifetime. When we get to spirit and we look back on this lifetime, hindsight is 50, 50, not even yeah. 20, 20. Like you're going to have so much more clarity on the whole thing. So there's elements we get to understand here because we do get to go through them and look back and be like, okay. And you can do this consciously in the moment too. be like, there's something, there's a reason for this. Like I planned something around something coming. So I can mm-hmm. anchor into that and be like something next is coming because I planned mm-hmm. something next to come mm-hmm. and I can get there, whatever it is and get more clarity around that by all means. But we're going to have such depth of understanding afterwards as well. And And I've channeled people who have passed and been like, oh, I way understand everything now. I get why it had to happen even before they've like rejoined higher self or anything like that. When I like – when I'm – when I'm in spirit world eventually and I look back on this like life that I have, well, I look back on it being like – fuck, like I should have done X, Y, and Z, or I'm disappointed in myself, or like, why didn't I act better or more ethical? Or am I going to like, just be like incredibly understanding and compassionate to my human self? I will state again, the universe does not operate off of your current sense of morality. Right, right, right. (laughs) Yes. Good reminder. (laughs) So no, I don't think, I think regret is again, very much a condition of this particular layer of the universe cake that we're on. I think Mm -hmm. um, that oh, I should have done it this way or when we should all over ourselves. Again, I think Mm -hmm. that's a very specific condition of this layer of the universe cake that we're on. That Mm -hmm. is not the case for a lot of other beings. And higher selves can look back at lives and be like, man, I could have used that time better. But that's not necessarily like a regret. It's not that it's Mm -hmm. like, oh, well, I'll fix it in the next life. Again, our Mm -hmm. sense of time is imaginary. Our sense of time is just this quick little thing. We have infinite time or we have expansive time or time's not really a thing um, in the way that we understand it, which is way outside of our own perception being on this planet in a physical realm that we have to exist in physically as well. But for our guides, it's like, oh, well, next lifetime, I'm going to do it like this then. And I'm going to do it like this way. And we're going to alter this over here. Um, And also like beings like to do stuff. And I don't think we give ourselves enough credit. Like, I think we want to have this idea that we're morally moving towards something where we are fully whole and complete and ascended in this new earth thing. And I don't think that's the case. I think we all beings on all levels like to do things and we are doing things and experiencing (laughs) Mm -hmm. things. And if you had the ability to live for all of time, you'd get really bored of just doing one type of experience. You'd Mm. want to experience all of the things. So even though it's really painful for us in so many ways now, and we're experiencing all these discomfort things, our higher self has gone through a million other things. Why wouldn't they want to go through these things too? You know, like you would want a whole and complete experience in every way that you can have it. Yeah. That makes sense. 
Oh, fuck. Okay, we're out of time. Uh, <laughs> and I feel like this podcast episode went all over the place and I loved it. You're so fun to talk to. Um, where can Same. people find you if they want to get in touch? Yeah, absolutely. So first of all, it's so much fun. Thank you for having me on. I'd love to come on again. This is a great mm-hmm. conversation. Yes. And I hope your uh, listeners, thank you guys for listening. I, I hope you get a lot out of it. Um, you can find me in a bunch of different places. So uh, my handle on all social media is at liker of words. Um, so really big presence on TikTok and Instagram also have a lot of stuff on YouTube. If any of this stuff interests you, I do have a lot of videos on there, at least a couple that I have like how the universe works. Can you work with the Fae? Like those kinds of things. Mm -hmm. Um, so if you want to check those out. I also do have my own podcast. It's called The Alchemist Inkwell. I host it with um, my business partner, Crystal Lynn, and they're an astrologer and folk magician. And obviously, you just heard all my expertise. So we come together and just chat about the energy of the week and stuff going on, different spiritual topics. It's super fun. Yes. Um, so we, we do a lot of that. Additionally, I um, do readings. If you want to get a reading with me, they are booked out a ways, I will say, but I promise it's an exercise in divine timing because it always <laughs> comes when it needs to. Um, but I also have multiple courses available and, um, do like mentorship style stuff. So I mentioned the writing mentorship. I also do spiritual mentor stuff. Um, so you can check those out. My website is emilydexterpsychic.com. You can, you can find me there. Yes. Highly recommend. Uh, I will say I found you on TikTok and I love your TikTok content and TikTok algorithm continues to feed me all of your videos. So so I get to see you. you. Yeah. I get to (laughs) see you all the time. Um, I have, like I said before, I have had personal sessions with you. There is, I think it was the last one where I like scheduled a session with you where I was going through somewhat of an emotional crisis, but I didn't get in with you for five or six months. And then when I saw you, I was like, the fucking crisis is over, Emily. Uh, (laughs) And it allowed us to, it allowed me and my spirit guides to have a session that I wouldn't have been able to have before where I was able to kind of like collect a lot of information that was really valuable for me. So it did feel kind of like divine timing, even though I didn't like that, uh, it did pay off in the end. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I was happy about it. Yeah, I know. It's it's so interesting because I keep bugging my guys. Every couple months, I'm like, do I need to like limit this? Like release openings right. month by month? Like, do I need uh-huh. to do that? And my guides keep being like, nope. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, okay, I guess we'll just not then because yeah. it is, it's an exercise in divine timing. We're like, this is how we teach people in real time not to have attachment to outcomes. Mm. And this is how we teach people in real time that you can trust that the universe does have stuff for you. Like mm-hmm. that you are divinely supported and you matter because this is now coming in your divine timing. Right. So until they give me a different answer, that's what we're going with. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Sounds good. I support that. I think it's working mm-hmm. out for everybody. Um, yeah. I would love to have you on the podcast again. It's been so fun to talk to you and, uh, Uh, Yeah, I'll catch up with you later. Thank you so much. It's been such a pleasure. Thanks for having me on.